Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 135. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is a very croaky-voiced Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, Good to be back. Uh, Big show tonight. We have uh, Alex Moore come on from the VFLW team. Bombers team. uh, Playing finals, baby. Playing finals. uh, Well, I mean, an Essendon team won a final. uh, I know, for the first time in, what, 20 years or so? uh, Yeah, so uh, we've got to celebrate it. It's uh, it's a huge win, I mean, over Casey, three-point win. Yeah, that's the other thing. You're going to make Casey a decent side, the VFLW, at home. At home. So Um, they went down there and towed them up. Tell them up. Uh, and because of that win, and they had some very much uh, luck in the other results, they've actually now got a double chance. Yes, uh, that's what you want. Because a few upsets uh, helped their cause. So they played Collingwood, I believe, on Saturday. Oh, I want that. <laughs> I want that. Uh, Collingwood, I think, almost undefeated this year. So we, uh, uh, that won't matter. It doesn't but, matter. Um, but hey, you go in and you see what happens. and, and uh, Absolutely, you do. And Collingwood will be just quietly wondering whether or not. They'll be uh, playing just as well as they did against Casey. So, yes. few nervous Collingwood girls. That's what we want. Terrific win uh, by the girls. Uh, so we got Alex uh, on a little bit on later the show. I yep. just, I only did a, a very a quick interview with her. I, I could get a hold of her um, uh, at very late notice today while I was in the house. Uh, so it's just myself just doing a, a quick interview with Alex. But it's fantastic to catch probably, up with her. Probably because she was still doing her day job as well and, <laughs> yes. and coming for a quick interview for us. Plus also being a professional athlete. Yes. <laughs> so the girl's busy. Uh, so let's talk about obviously the Essendon Geelong clash. Uh, there's a feel. I feel like there's a lot to dissect uh, around this game, and and it feels like the two week block of Melbourne and Geelong are interesting to look at in a total kind of view. There are a lot of similarities, which I think. And by the way, just just for everybody's sake, um, just coming off a bit of a uh, chesty cold at the moment, so I apologise for the way my voice sounds. It's very deep at the moment, and if I have to cough halfway through the uh, pods, my uh, sincere apologies. We're getting better with the Roadcaster 5000, but we don't have a cough button yet, <laughs> so uh, I apologies if I have to do that. Um, yeah, the, I think there are a number of similarities with regards to both games, i.e. how we, uh, we kicked the ball inside 50, um, and how we absolutely murdered it uh, despite having what 26 inside 50s <laughs> more in the last quarter or the whole game or whatever it was um there's that sort of stuff but then scotty been, we were having a bit of a chat before the pod there's a few interesting points that scotty wants to make in this um so in this pod so i'm really looking forward to hearing those as well yeah it's um just a few things i've been thinking about but i guess with the geelong and melbourne clash there's no doubt um you know we're pretty good with the inside 50 count uh, as Grant mentioned, <laughs> probably not as 26, but... Uh, I thought I it was I thought it like 26 more or 26 or something. Uh, I think it's a, a, like a combination of a couple of games. I think we've okay. won that, we've won that right. title. But, um, don't, don't listen to me for stats. I'm, <laughs> I'm not your stats guy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, what we were... Something like plus 17 or something like that for Geelong match. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, that second quarter... Where Geelong scored fifty points, we actually won the inside fifty count that quarter. Really? So and um, probably the clearances as well. <laughs> so it's um, there's a lot to dissect. We obviously get our hands on the ball fine. Uh, we equaled with Geelong, who are one of the best contested possession I mean, they got, teams. In it. We we they got beasts in there. Yeah, we we actually we actually tied with them on, on contested possessions. We've won the inside 50 count and we've lost by 41. So it's, it's a clear view of when the ball from the midfield to the forward line uh, is happening with the Essendon Football Club at the moment. It is all out of sync. Politely put, there is a disconnect. There, there is big time and, and there's a little bit of areas for everything. We obviously, in the last show, pointed out just some issues maybe with the forwards and their lack of system and, and spread and blocking for each other. Spread's the big one for me. Like system comes with uh, bloody set plays when Harry winks with his left eye to, to Peter Wright and Wrighty waves at him with his right hand or something, then they know whatever play they're about to do. Um, but I just think spread is the big one for me. I mean, we, we said it last week that when Scotty and I were at the Melbourne game, 
We were half a dozen rows back from the fence and we got a really good, unique ability to see how the forwards... Like, you could see as soon as Parrish gets the ball in the midfield and makes his turn towards the goals... You can see the players, their muscles all tense up. They they are up and about. The forwards start to go, oh, yep, this is coming. So they, they, they instinctively do what forwards do. They start to move forward towards the ball, make themselves very known, very big, and very able to be seen. But the problem with that is everybody then went to the same spot. Yeah. You've got Righty, who's two metres and 100 kilos. You've got Hooksy, who's thin as you like, but he's still 80-odd kilos and six foot four. And then you've got Harry Jones flying in from the side. Excuse me. <coughs> Harry Jones flying in from the side. And plus Stephen May, Jake Lever, and whoever hacked the head on Jones. Um, you've got 600 kilos worth of blokes all converging on the one spot. And that no one can take a mark in there. So if, if Hooksy could run to a... The pocket or Harry could run to a pocket and you could get that one-on-one with two-meter Peter or run-on-one with Harry, then we'd like to see how it goes. But at the moment, it's very obvious that either the ball's coming in too quick for the forwards to move or every, nobody's talking because everybody's going up for the same ball. And it's great because the ball hits the deck and, and Waller's got a chance and stuff. But someone like an def- experienced defender like May and Lever and those guys, it just is it's lunch for them. They just spike it into next Thursday and it happened again against Geelong. Yeah. And I actually found also with Geelong, this match particular, uh, and I I look, I'm very, very honest. I'll give you examples with Waterman and Parrish. There was moments where we were streaming through the midfield. Everything was looking great. Um, And, 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 and I'll say Stringer as well, actually, because Stringer's uh, a guy who, who does this probably too much often too. They seem to get this overwhelming uh, sense of uh, energy and uh, what's the word? Uh, they're, they're looking way down the ground and we've got guys, if you freeze frame a whole lot of these plays and you can see they did it on Channel 9 and you can see it on, on, on Twitter. I saw a whole lot of videos. If you freeze frame, you can actually see open guys on the flanks, you know, 30, 40 metres out, yep. all calling for it. And our head is just full of uh, – these guys are just full of steam just and just kicking it, trying to kick it, the casing of it, 60 metres, yeah. uh, instead of just lowering the eyes and thinking through the game and being having composure. And Geelong did that in the opposite direction. Oh. Right. Now, every now and then if Jakey gets one and he gets <coughs> – that's going to happen a lot. Um, Jakey gets one and he's at – 55 or he's at 60 and he knows he's got to step on a dude, then you almost give Jakey a shot from 48 metres out on the run, kicking it through the big sticks. Like he's he's yeah. he's that good that you would give him that shot, absolutely. But sometimes he's taken the mark at 75 <laughs> and then having to run 25-odd metres to, to kick the guy. And then people are running at him and he's kicking it from 57 metres out and stuff, right? Now... And he's, yeah. he's still half a chance, but when he gets the mark at 70 and he gets the two metres clear, I'd really love to see the what pass. Yeah, 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 the pass to the to Harry Jones leading out towards a pocket or or on a 45 to, on a high, on a half forward because Geelong did that a lot. Melbourne did it really well um, to the likes of Petrarca and that, but Geelong did it well. They hit players up that were open just on overlaps and stuff. So it's... Again, it's just it's very simple to see when you watch it back. Yeah, I mean, I think in that second quarter, I think Geelong's had something like twelve inside fifties for eight goals, so their yeah, efficiency was just insane. There you go. Uh, just thought through the game, yep. uh, and you know our backs. In all fairness, just a couple of our backs just had some off games. Uh, we all, <laughs> uh, and that's that's you know that happens because against. Uh, the monster of monsters at the moment. Tom Hawkins elves, obviously. Yeah, him and Cameron are, are elite forwards. So yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut them too much sack slacks and our midfield didn't help it at all. So um so yeah it's it's obvious what's you feel like you're just watching us and you get and and I think we're all getting a, a fairly good grasp of where the club is at. Yeah. What's improved and what uh and things that we can grow 
uh, as a club in the in the coming years to just take that next step. So I thought after the break we might delve into that a little bit more. Yep. And and just we can probably just entertain the game as well. Just uh, look, I'm not going to go too heavy on the stats this game. You know what? You know what I find great about it. Like you said, we're not going to go too heavy on the stats. I agree. We're almost just gone. Yeah, we won't. We won't. Um, we won't spend too much time on Parish's forty possessions again. We're getting pretty used to that, dude. I know. <laughs> like forty, forty of possessions, and he's just. Uh, we won't spend too much time on that. It's just us. He's having a great game. So yeah. So after look, the break, after the break, we'll, we'll discuss on 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 things that we can develop and improve, and also what's working well. We like to do a bit balanced. Uh, so let's go. The new break music, Scotty's... Bit of Beastie Boys for Bit of Beastie Boys on the new break music, me likey. Um, yeah, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, a couple of a couple of key players just to, to have a bit of a chat about before we get into the meat of the podcast a bit. Um, Darcy Parrish, again. Uh, look, he's in insane form, and I don't know I mentioned the, the few turnovers. I, I think we all know that, you know, uh, you know there's a few things... He can tinker on his game, but it, the the I almost like it's hard to bring it up because the improvement is so insane, uh, so that, fast that it's all I can almost focus on. Because I know I think he knows that. Yeah, I've got to tidy up my. That would be an obvious for him. You know, the coaches would run through the, You know how he can lower his eyes. Just he and just have that little bit more composure. Uh, now that he's playing full midfield time, I do, I honestly do believe it will come just, just through Jen, just, just going through again, yeah. getting the ball that many times, he'll slowly, he'll see, he's got a meter on a guy just, and just be able to go, Oh, I'm able to look up, assess the play. What are, what's my options? I know a guy like that with confidence. Um, he's a professional footballer. He's been around for a lot of, a few years now. Um, and he's been given responsibility in the midfield, and he has turned it on. He's pick five every day of the week now, is Darcy Barish, right? Now that we've played him <laughs> in the damn position, we should have been playing him in. But anyway, um, I wonder, wouldn't you love to get him on the show? I wonder whether or not he's even surprised at how quickly he's gone from very good footballer to elite status. Because his hands look like, yeah. Nobody I've ever seen before. He's clean. He's everywhere. And one of the things that I, I, I would desperately love to hear back from the club, when whenever I see those um, uh, high-performance reviews with, um, what's his name? The guy that does the high-performance uh, Sean, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, that's him. Um, I would like to ask Sean, how is it that Darcy Parrish looks to be covering the same amount of distance with three minutes to go in the game that he, he did when he started the game? He doesn't look like he's slowing down at all at 43 possessions. He, he's not getting a cheeky little handball in the back line for 40, number 42 and then getting a quick one in for 43. He's getting 43 on the run. Oh, I mean, he's broken the club record for 28 contested possessions. That's uh, insane. He's broken the club record for most disposals this year, for contested possessions, for clearance. He's tied the clearance record. He's won the Anzac Day medal. Uh the the, um, the, uh, the Dreamtime medal. Dreamtime medal, which temporary. I don't want to butcher by yeah, saying obviously, incorrectly. Obviously, the country game medal. It's just insane how – and I mean, this is from round three. It wasn't from round one either. This is just literally from round three, he got moved to the midfield yep. and the biggest gong of all time just went off. Just flicked to switch. <laughs> he did said flick to switch. <laughs> and it's just like – I know, I know. We can be smart and say, "Oh, we've been calling it for the show." I wasn't thinking he was going to be no, this. No, Darcy. Like when when he when he played in the midfield um, under Wusher and stuff. When he played in the midfield, he'd get twenty five and he'd he'd do well and he'd get some possessions and stuff. And he'd go, "See, told you he's a midfielder. He does well in there. Play him in the middle. That's great." Because you thought that he was going to be a good, better than average, twenty five possession sort of twenty to twenty five possession footballer. And great, we need a guy like that in the middle. But to go from twenty odd possessions to averaging what thirty seven or whatever the hell he's averaging now, that's insanity. 
But to, can, to, can, to do it back to back to back is just amazing. Like not even the firing, the fire engine of all fire engines in Adrian Dodoro would have picked that a bloke like that could come in and do what he's doing. And it, uh, half of it, I reckon, is to, to do with truck. I remember watching, you know, six or seven weeks ago, you know me, I'm a bit nerd on stats seeing... A bit. Oh, he's about 35, 40 clearances behind Liberatore now. And, you know, he's suddenly a clearance machine. And, oh, you know, two, a couple of weeks later, oh, he's, you know, 30 behind now. And then, oh, he's 25 behind Liber now. He's yeah. eight behind Liber now. Yeah, I know. Uh, second in clearances. And he missed the first two rounds not playing in the midfield. Yeah, that's nuts. So, you know, that's that's at the moment 16 clearances at least. Uh, Mate. So he there's an argument to say this year he – well, I wouldn't say the argument. I'm going to say he's the premier clearance player in the AFL. In the AFL, especially yeah. centre bounce. Like he, he, his centre bounce clearance work is unbelievable. He's so. quick. He's but the hands for mine. His hands are so clean at the moment. It doesn't matter where the ball bounces or where the ball is. He's he's flicked a Jedi switch or something because he takes off and knows where the ball's going to be. Like, he's got a touch of the Jedis at the moment because he's – the reason why he's so clean and so ability to, to get out of the centre is because every time I see him, man, he's got a metre and a half on whoever the hell is trying to hang with him. So his hands are so clean. He picks it up. Like that goal against Geelong, man. He was involved in a broken play. The balls hit the deck. It's um. He tried to grab it, fell over, got up quicker than – I've ever seen, and then his hands were so quick between picking it up to dropping it on his foot yeah. and a goal. That kind of that kind of cleanness in the way he handles the ball is is elite at the moment. And yeah. I tell you what, Bonds will win it because he's six foot four and can run like the wind and has skills and is all of those. He's going to win the brown though, right? But I tell you what. Darcy Parrish should be well and truly behind him because there is three vote after three vote after three vote. If they give, and I saw on Supercoach or whatever the hell, Triple M today, um, who was the player of the round? Took Miller from Gold Coast. Who? Um, and yeah, He's having a good year. He's a, also, yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. Gold Coast, no one <laughs> I cares. Knew, I knew you were going to say so that. He's a hack, but no one cares. He's living in Gold Coast. Um, unless he wants to come to Essendon. Anyway, uh, Danger. Right, they put danger up there, or some other hacker. I don't care. Now, you telling me Darcy Parrish, who wins the country medal, gets forty possessions and a goal, and they don't put him up there. So, if Darcy Parrish isn't directly behind the Bont, and I mean within six votes of the Bont for a Brownlow medal, I will go he. And it'll be very, very interesting that if he can keep this up, Bont's going to need to keep it up too because if Darcy keeps this up, he will go past Bont on sheer bloody possessions <laughs> and putting his name yeah, in I front mean, of the umpires. Bont's big advantage is his 20-odd goals, isn't it? That's the, that's what <laughs> separates. Uh, he. I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. I, I'll, I'll tell you a smoky though, who no one, because it's a very Victoria-centric town, yeah, yeah. is Ollie Wines. Port Adelaide are winning constantly, yeah. and, and he's constantly being their best player. He also has flicked a bit of a switch. Uh, he had, I think, 43 or 44, or I think. I'd, I'd like to have him at the Bombers. So, I, I wouldn't mind that yeah, big I mean, fight. He's one, I think, on the night will be a smoky, because the, the thing with Parrish... And I hope it doesn't go against him, but when you don't, your team doesn't win as much, sometimes they take the three to two. Uh, yeah, but he's awfully pretty. Yeah, yes. He sticks out. He's a, <laughs> he he's sticks a, out, but, you know. He's a good-looking rooster too. Yeah. Uh, so, look, uh, uh, in all seriousness, I'm not going to go through too many players because so many players were down in this game. Yeah. I, I think we all understand that there was a lot of guys – you know, I would say half the team were just not on song yeah. in this game, uh, uh, and we had. It felt like um, it felt like we had. I don't know if the words tied or mentally tied uh, a younger group. Coxie Perkins, ineffectual Jones, yeah. Jones, very ineffectual, and it felt like Jake Stringer and Parrish and Heppel were basically carrying the entire team. It did really did like yeah. honestly it did because even Drapes was down. Yeah, I'd, uh, now I'd, I'm going to have a chat to about that later in the. Program too. Well, chat now because it's right, not <laughs> look, Sammy Draper, in my opinion, is a gun. Sign that boy for the rest of his natural life. 
Right? He's a special talent. He's a hundred and a lot of kilos. He can jump out of the gym. He's got the rudest of mullets you've ever seen in there your life. There is the biggest butt in history coming up. In the, <laughs> one of the rudest <laughs> mullets I've ever seen in my life, and I love it. But, there it is. But he started on whoever the hell he started on. No, nah, he went to Blixar's. There was some other noob that he started on um, who was the backup Ruckman. At Geelong, right? And he then, he, he, he toiled away for that. And Sammy Draper, if he's a special talent, right? The kind of guy that can match it with Nick Natanui, and I've seen it. The kind of the bloke that is capable of matching it with old... Oh, Stanley, Reece Stanley. Reece Stanley, right? Now, Reece Stanley is the backup, backup of a backup, backup at Geelong, right? It wasn't even Radigalia who's a big, massive unit or anything like that. This was Reece Stanley who's was good five years ago. Now, when I saw that matchup, I went, brilliant. Sammy's going to be tapping it left and right. He's going to be jumping on and sitting on Reece Stanley's head um, all night. And he's going to be great around the grounds. And we don't generally have to worry about Reece Stanley too much, right? But the problem is he didn't do it. Didn't get on top of Reece Stanley. There was no significant tapping going on. It just, Sammy just was very ineffectual, I thought, um, against Reece Stanley. And that's... That's what Sammy needs to improve his game on because if he gets fired up, he takes it to um, old mate, whatever his name is at Collingwood. Um, and I deliberately forget Collingwood players' names because they don't concern me. Um, what's the Ruckman at Collingwood? Uh, yeah. Um, the hack, hack features. What's his name? Oh, it'll come to me. Sammy. That hack, yeah. yeah you, you, you're like me. You just don't remember them because they're hacks. But um, if he's up against him, you can go, yeah, fine. He was up against Natanui in, in WA, and that ain't easy, man, Like, because they're guns. But Reese Stanley? Oh, Grund- Grundy, of course. Grund- Pfft, who cares? But um, if he's up against Reese Stanley, then I'm sorry, mate. You With you, with your ridiculous talent and body, and like, Reese Stanley's old as dirt, right? And Sammy Draper is as young as springtime. He should have been jumping all over the bloke. How much, devil, devil's advocate, how much does experience, though, of Stanley come into play? Because one's on, you know, maybe, I don't know, sorry, I don't know Reece Stanley's stats, but say he's on 200 games and then one's on his 11th yeah. game. Yep. And just the craft of just of experience being going, Jeez. you're sure you're athletic, but I can just position my body. Then, then bring in um, Andy Phillips. Because yeah. if if... If Reese Stanley can beat Sammy Draper using knowledge, then because Reese Stanley is busted, like he's old, busted, his knees are, are bandaged to hell. He's a, he's a top up player, right? Sammy should have been jumping all over the bloke, like he, he should have figured out a way. And around the grounds, he should have been taking marks and and running Stanley left and right. I guess my point is is then and then Reese Stanley goes down injured. Right, so you think, okay, so now the the backup ruckman's gone. Now they've got a six foot four bloke who used to be a long distance runner, who's only in the ruck because he's taller than everybody else. Mark Blixavs isn't a ruckman's left shoelace. That man has no um, ruckman craft. He has no experience. He has no ruckman craft. He's a crash and bash dude, right? We chuck um, Paddy Ambrose in the ruck every now and then because he's big and, and huge and, and can con- contest a ruck. Sammy, at that point, should have been dominant. He should have been that guy that puts it down our guy's throats. The guy that could have gone back into our forward 50 and taken a couple of grabs. Uh, Backline and taken a couple of grabs. So Sounds like you're doing the blowtorch. Just, I was about to say, uh, we need to get a jingle for this. Probably we'll get a jingle in the future. But look out, this is the first Grantos's blowtorch. Sammy is a much better player than that. I would like to point out to all of the listeners that I've been saying Sammy this entire time. There has not been a single Scott. Um, so Sammy is a much better player than that. And he needs to lift and be more influential in this game. Like he's, like you said, it's 11 games or 12 games to the kid. Ruckman, take time. I appreciate that. It is universally known. However, when you're 105 kilos or whatever he is and can jump over the top of people, then you should be more influential than you are. He's... He just seemed a bit clumsy in that game. He was not as influential as I well, was. He's had like. seven disposals, one mark, so he's not. That's in- that's not okay, man. And and if 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 we if we if we if we think he's a special talent, and special talents take a good while to come along properly as a ruckman, seven possessions and one mark ain't it. 
especially against Reece Stanley. If Nick Natanui gave him a bath or Max Gorn schooled the kid like he did, then I can imagine that. But not seven possessions and one mark against Reece Stanley and Mark Blixavs. So there you go. Blowtorch applied, Sammy, lift. So uh, one subject I want to talk about, and I know it's not so much on the game, but it's probably about the club uh, in general. I've been having a a think uh, about where the club's at, and there's no doubt, you know, you can hear it through our voice. Even with the last two weeks, we're still very, very positive uh, about how things are going. Hugely. And we understand, I think where Essendon's at is their top 15 to 18 players coming through are really, really encouraging and a massive building block to future success. So I want to start by saying that so no one gets the wrong idea. Uh, But what you're seeing now um, with what you're seeing in the VFL is a very clear view for me that we've still got a heck of a lot of work to do to build what I think needs to happen is a top 30 to 35 list that can cover depth. Uh, because at the moment, we're all saying, you know, I've, I've, I've seen social media, you know, drop ham, drop hooker, <laughs> we need uh, to replace rest, the kids. Rest, yeah. And I'm watching the VFL and they, they score three goals total on, on the weekend. I go, Honestly, there is not much I can actually think of that can come in. I can think of one or two, Reed or Durham, maybe. Um, uh, and I think the maybe other guys. Paddy Ambrose. I think the other guys are struggling. Like uh, I think Ambrose got injured, by the way. Um, oh, great. Uh, but I think I think there's a lot of players either struggling or just not up to it. And you know, we as a next stage have to. You know, I shouldn't say that we have to because they, I know they're doing it anyway. But. It's so critical that we're probably, for me, we're 10 to 15 plays uh, short on depth uh, that I think a grand final team needs. And I say that because of there's 23 rounds per year, right? And you have one bye, so you play 22 games. You need through that whole journey to cover a whole lot of injuries uh, to get into a top four position to get a home final. Yep. Uh, and that's more, more what I'm talking about as far as building a side you know, we may, and I say may, so this is just not, uh, there's no inside info. I'm just saying there's a possibility guys like Hooksy or Hurley, uh, Mozzie, um, uh, Ambrose, possibly uh, Gleason, Saharakis, you either lose these guys at the end of the year or the following year. And Mozzie, just by the fact that it, it just seems a bit odd where the situation is. And, and Yeah, I don't don't expect to see Mozzie, yeah, yeah. to be quite frank. Um, but Consider now that we've got a VFL teams by far the poorest at the moment. By a decent stretch, yep. Our our injury list, in all seriousness, I know there's some critical plays injured, but it's not that deep. Uh, we saw Dylan Clark come in. There's there's it's a it's. I wouldn't say it's any worse than most other clubs. I'll say that, but we're clearly way short on depth, and for me. That's still a two, three-year full rebuild. Uh, and what we've done, thank God, is we've got the key part right in getting the elite talent in and getting it right, those decisions with Cox, Perkins, thank you. Thank Jones. Thank you, Agent yep. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So we've still got a way to go, haven't we? Um, we're a couple of years from – we need the the Bagley – the um the hibbo uh that kind of you know that kind the of gems. the gems the somehow gems. in state leagues uh you know to just to to uh, give us some extra depth so I'll be I'll be really interested to see how we recruit at the end of this year because we may use I don't know if we're going to trade or draft but say we've got to pick seven or eight we may use that for a kid or or, or, or unless someone's you know that is really big is is available. Yep. But after that pick, we don't have a second round pick. It'll be interesting how they handle that because they need a really big influx of experience. Hang on a sec. We just, do we don't have a second round pick? Did you say? No, we don't. Oh. We traded it. So Dang. okay, Coldwell. Okay. Um. So we have an interesting situation where we somehow have to get. I think anyway, twenty five to twenty six year olds into this club. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to get one 18-year-old that it's a gun. If you want to go draft, sure. Pick eight, pick seven, go for it. 
keep building that part of elite talent. Yep. But we desperately need some muscle um, and help in that 25 to 20, sorry, 21 to 25 bracket to give us some sincere depth for us so, to move forward. So are you saying, because I've often wondered what happens if we lose knock on knock on wood and heaven forbid, but what happened if Darcy, knock on wood, <laughs> all of the wood, um, if Darcy goes down with a knee? Oh, right? <laughs> And you just killed half the audience there. And but then <laughs> <laughs> just knock on the wood. He obviously won't. Yeah, no, that's not even – I've had a chat upstairs and the big fella said, no, he's fine for the season. Now, um, what happens in a situation like that, man? Like where Darcy goes down and we lose another midfielder. Oh, we're, we're in deep, we're in deep, deep, deep doo-doo, right? I've thought because someone like – and Jakey Stringer, right? Jakey Stringer's been injury prone, soft tissues and all those things that he's had. Jakey's had another 25 possessions and played a good period of time as the bull in the midfield. He shouldn't have to do that. The man's an octogenarian and he shouldn't be having to play that kind of bull role in the middle for as long as he has this season. And if Jakey goes down, man, like we're in trouble scoring. We've got we've got big troubles. Well, I mean, you can see uh, it was interesting seeing how the minutes played in this game and you saw Merritt... Uh, Parish Stringer, um, or someone else. I think it was Langford, uh, and then compared that to Danger, Selwood, and so they're yeah. their top four. I reckon we averaged uh, seventy to eighty minutes more game time for our four into their four. So yeah. they got eighteen more minutes rest during the game, uh, and that's because of our depth. And, and we have to play these guys for longer periods and that's when you're also going to get tired kicks, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, and what happens then is you, ha- you we don't have the luxury uh, of m- moving a, a Langford to a half forward. So you have Shield, McGrath and Colwell in this side. Yeah. On a perfect world, we would be unbelievably competitive right now because the options to what we can do to that you side. You could chuck Jake in there for yeah, nice Jakey little plays, pointed periods. Jake, Jakey just has some, you know, hit up moments where we need him. Where we need a clearance. But he plays seventy percent forward and kicks one and or two more goals. Three or four, yeah. I reckon Langford transitions more to uh, as a marking forward. Three, uh, yeah, half forward. Mobile marking forward if we need if we need it. He can go in there as he well. Can, and we just our options are completely different. Be interesting to see Dylan Shield across yeah. the half forward flank and see what he could do. But we don't have that luxury. We have we've got three or four mids. That's it, and they're playing nearly the whole game. Uh, and you know it's it's kind of where we're at. They're yeah. to, to basically trucks recognizing that we have no depth. Uh, and so would you? All right. So if we at the end of this year we've we've got to rebuild. Like no, sorry, that's the wrong word. Nope, wrong. Um, We've done step one perfectly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's a step three. If you did, if you did a rebuild, it's three steps. If because a rebuild is building a whole list, yep. not just getting six elite talent. You, you know, re, you know. Like I said, when when Richmond have like say a Prestia go down, a Cochin go down, you know, Graham comes in, Rioli comes in, uh, uh, the the under indigenous guy that played his one game in the grand final. Um, uh, uh, that guy. Yep. Yeah, but. Um, but they have backup talent straight away because they're ready to perform. Yep, we just, they know the way to play. We just don't have that. And, yeah. and we have a bunch of young kids like Josh Eyre and Brand and who are just not developed yet. Not so they ready, can't. Yep. Uh, so Josh, Josh Eyre's ready. <laughs> so it feels like I, I find a rebuild is almost like in three stages. I reckon we got part one right with getting Cox Perkins. Absolutely, we did, yep. Uh, but. It's just as important, this step two and step three, is is kind of like enhancing the game plan more for plan Bs, for, you know, and being more um, tactically aware, uh, I think, on, on how to coach around other tactics. Yep. I think that's a growth area we do. And, and then I think it's just building our list to have a, a top 30 to 35 guys that are ready to go uh, and you have that backup. They come in, they can perform the role straight away. So... I just, yeah, it, it's an interesting stage we're at. I think we've done it well, but it, it this year has definitely made me realise, yes, it is a development rebuild year to, and it, in its truest sense. Uh, and Every, I'm, I'm, Everybody I'm, should remember that. And I'm comfortable with it, totally comfortable with mm. it, but it's just acknowledging that's where we're at. That's that's where we've still got 
uh, we've still got a lot of rec- recruiting yeah. and a lot of guys to come in to help build a proper uh, side that can take us through a whole year of all the injuries and bru- uh, bruises and bumps, uh, play 22 games and, and, and end up in the finals in form. And this is the thing, like, we've got Reedy. Reedy should be in this side, in my opinion, right? Like, we're, we're going to play Cox He'll be and due Perkins. very soon. I think Truck wants him in. And he's, he, I mean, he's been very clear. I mean, you've, you make an excellent point in that when people say, and I've seen a lot of the Facebook um, page and a lot of our Patreons are saying it as well, um, time to rest the kids. Second half of the season or the back end of the season, um, things sort of start again. You've got to rest the kids, um, give Hammy a, a break, give Coxie a break, uh, medical sub Coxie, do these things, right? Yeah, cool. And, and I reckon, I reckon, I don't know that there would be many <laughs> it's coaches. It's a valid point normally. <laughs> and normally, yeah. I don't know that there would be very many AFL coaches that would want to play first year kids who, don't forget, didn't play a second year of TAC, right? So this is just, these are the kids of kids, right? They don't want to play them for a full season, but like Truck um, has said, excuse me, <coughs> um, I think Truck would be looking at it going, okay, okay, great. We drop Perkins and Cox. Who do we bring in? Mm. Like VFL ain't setting the world on fire. And sure, you could maybe bring in Durham and stuff like that, but he's a midfielder. He's not Coxie. He's not mm. Perkins. And they, I think, he, like you, I think you said before the, the pod, he's just going to keep playing them. I think he keeps playing these guys, but the risk is that we lose a Parrish or a Stringer or a Heppel or really influential dudes who might need a bit of a break and we could fall off a cliff here. Yeah. We're right on a precipice of having enough good, better-than-average footballers, impactful footballers, to be able to compete with Ge- – well, not with Geelong, but to be able to compete with the good sides in this comp. But everybody needs to remember too that if we had – better players like maybe Dylan Clark, if he was available or something like that, he would have got a game by now, right? Because to give Perkins a rest, to give Coxie a rest, we yeah. need those guys. And Dylan only just started yeah. last week from the so first only, game of the year. And that's the thing, right? And Paddy Ambrose, you can bring him in. <coughs> my, my apologies again. Um, you could bring Paddy Ambrose in, but he's a key position player, man. He, he, you're not resting Stringer. You're not resting – you could rest Stringer with Paddy Ambrose, but I don't know that's a good comparison. Um, you're not resting the guys that need it. So – um, with development year, everybody with the deep breaths again. It's a development year. And look, before we go to the break uh, and get Alex Morecambe on the line, um, as she's already been on the line, so uh, it's in the we, can. It's already we, in the can. When we play the the, the recording, um, uh, just on uh, Perkins and, and Cox, one thing I will say is I know they've been down on, on form lately. I, I challenge anyone, go through the top 40 picks of last year, just last yeah. year. I did this uh, during the week. They are still, in my eyes, in the top four of the most promising and had the most production out of this year. Because who's, the, who's had more? Yeah, who's had more than Coxie? Is it fifth or fifth in um, Adelaide? Yeah, and it's not – yeah, it's not – Obvious, you no, know, it's, it's, it's not obvious. It's mate. maybe you know. There's at the start of the year, Braden Campbell was looking okay. There's Thilthorpe. Um, uh, it's not. There's not like a real obvious, uh, but but there. You know, even Braden Campbell and these guys, they're all fo- they're all doing exactly what Cox and Perkins are doing. They're all they're all um, playing now seconds or VFL or yep. or just struggling. Um, and this is the case of that draft. They just didn't. They, you can definitely see they've missed a, a whole year of footy, and I think it's just on the surface. It feels like to me it's more mental than yep. than anything else. Uh, just just from going from nothing for a whole year, and that whole year being lockdown whole year. That's not just you're out and about training and and, and you know going to the gym every day. That's that's lockdown 2020 COVID year. So I think. They've kind of come from one to ten very quickly, uh, and you know, I I honestly believe we'll be so thankful that we got sixteen games or seventeen games into these kids and, and ready to be, go next year. Ready. Yeah, it will be ready to go next year. And that's always the thing. I mean, you you, you do things now that other people aren't doing. <coughs> sure, it's controversial, and you people might think, oh, we're overworking the kids. And look, Coxie looks tired. He does look tired. The guy's the, one of the. Well, he just broke the the um, the running record, the 
2K record or whatever oh, it is. Start of the year, yeah, yeah. yeah. Start of the year. He's he couldn't be any fitter, the kid, right? Like he's 19, 18 years old or nineteen or whatever the hell it is, um, and he hasn't got an ounce of fat on him. He's ridiculously fit, but. If you just said to Nick Cox, run around an oval until you fell over, he'd be the last one running. But the, the guy's got big bodies slamming into him and, and he's getting tired. You can see it. So it would be nice to give those guys a rest. But I reckon Truck will just be saying, one more, kid. Give me one more, <laughs> mate. Just give me one more. This will pay off for you this time next year. I think that, I think there's a little bit of an understanding too um, that they'll they'll play Marvel better. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and we've got a few games there. It is interesting, though, isn't it? Because I know this sounds funny, and we play down at Geelong, but we've so this has been a year we've just hardly played the MCG or Marvel yes. at all. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just another factor you've got to take into account, it's, man. Like it's just the irony that we play all these interstate and country games at the start of the year. They just throw us all this, and now Melbourne is the lockdown. No, the non-lockdown city. Once we come home, I know, it's nuts, and you know, and all we the get no advantage. And all the of having played yeah. everywhere, yeah. I know. If it was if the draw was the completely opposite, we'd be in a Melbourne hub playing Gold Coast when we're meant to play Gold Coast up there, up there, exactly and, right. down here. And it's just it, the draw has been a what killer for a us. Weird season in that respect <laughs> for the Bombers, man. But yeah, it's it is what it is. But look, uh, I really want to get Alex on the line. Because uh, the girls had a massive elimination final win, so uh, let's get her on the line and, and we'll have a chat. between them today, but Bombers fans, savour this. Essendon are through to the first semi-final or second semi, depending on results next week. They're celebrating like it might have been a premiership. They're coming from everywhere. The Bombers beat the Demons by three points. Uh, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. That was the very exciting uh, ending to the Casey versus Essendon elimination final where the Essendon VFLW team got up by three points. We have the, one of the star players, Alex Morecambe, on the line. Alex, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again, Scott. Oh, so much our pleasure. Uh, how exciting was that and how nervous were you that, that last 10 minutes? Yeah, no, it was very exciting. And as, as mentioned, um, yeah, it kind of did feel a bit like a premiership the way that we were celebrating. But I think um, it was just such a great achievement by the team. So it was, uh, yeah, we were all pretty excited about it. I was pretty nervous because I was on the bench. So I was sort of pacing up and down the sidelines. But I think everyone else on the bench was sort of doing the same. So we were very glad to hear that final siren uh, go off and walk away with the win. No, I, I I can imagine, and yeah, and in, in all seriousness, uh, for you know on-field footy teams, uh, this club isn't used to winning finals, so it's a, <laughs> so it's it's a, no, it's, it's a, yeah, it's amazing to get that win for sure. Yeah, it does feel like a very big achievement, and even just sort of knowing where our last couple of seasons have finished up, and sort of even making finals was a great achievement for us, but to go that one step further and, and get the win. Um, yeah, no, it was very exciting and everyone was over the moon to get that win. And you've had even more fortune from that win because, uh, I don't know if it's the word unexpected results, but results from the, uh, the other finals actually means you've now got a, a double chance. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's a bit of a weird structure and I'm not sure I can even explain it, to be honest. <laughs> but um, we've done well and we are, yeah, we get the second chance if, if uh, things don't go our way this weekend. But um, we'll be out there sort of trying to get the win this week against Collingwood and um, see what happens from then on. So how does uh, this week work for you? Do you, you know, uh, is it just trying to keep it as normal as possible, same training regime, uh, sort of, same training process uh, and then just going through possibly some videotape of the opposition and, and where their strengths and weaknesses might lie? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, training stays the same this week, sort of um, same structure, and we'll be focusing on all the things that we've been working on throughout the season. And I guess, yeah, coming up against Collingwood, you know, they're, they're, they'll be a tough side. They're undefeated. Um, so, yeah, it'll... It'll be a challenge, of course, but um, the last time we played them, I think it was sort of mid-season uh, on Anzac Day, actually, and, and that was a close game. So, But, you know, teams teams change throughout then, so we've probably got a few changes to our side and they've probably got a few changes to theirs as well. So we'll yeah. just sort of be looking at, uh, I guess, their footage from from their game on the weekend and see sort of how they were playing and, and go from there. Yeah. How's the general health of the group? Do you feel like you've got most players available? Uh, yeah, I think I think we do have most players available. Obviously, we've had a few injuries um, throughout the season, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, players like Fetty, uh, Fetty Frew, who yep. sort of hasn't played the last few rounds, and um, yeah, a few a few other play- like Logger um, in the back line as well. She sort of still hasn't come back from injury, so there are, we are a few players down probably but in saying that um you know I do think we've got a strong side so yeah I think you know we'll, we'll go into that I think um one of our players uh Mez uh, got concussed on the weekend so I'm not sure what that'll look like for her this week um, okay but yeah. yeah 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 tricky with the protocols hey? um yeah that's it uh so I guess Casey scored the first goal and then um it's it, it, you know, just watching from the stream. Um, sorry, I had to play a bit of dad taxi to basketball with the kids, um, but <laughs> I, but I managed to watch about two thirds of the game on a, on a live stream. Uh, it, it obviously Casey getting the first goal. Then it seemed like you guys uh, hit some form with kicking into the wind. How, how tricky was that wind? Yeah, it, it was tricky. Obviously, Casey. Um, yeah, started off with it, and I think we did well to sort of. Um, shut them down and make sure they didn't make them make the most of it. But then going into the second quarter, we had the wind um, in our favour, and I think we really capitalised on that. And um, I think that second quarter is probably what won us the game in the end. Um, that we were able to make the most of it, and sort of the second half was obviously a bit different. They came out obviously, and we knew they'd be um, they'd come come back out firing, and they did. And it was just about. Um, us trying to lock them down and shut their their game down. So, and I think you know we did that. Um, the last quarter was a bit intense, though. They kicked a goal to get in front for the first first time, and um, and they were kicking into the wind and sort of managed to manage to get it down their end and and have it down their end a little bit actually. So I think we did well to sort of shut it off there and and yeah. It's always tricky. Uh, I always find when there's like a, an obvious win to one side. Uh, and you've got like a close game at, at three quarter time. You you're probably just ahead, I think, by about four at three quarter time. And it's always a tricky psychology from there because you know if you're a fan, you go, oh well, the you know the wind will take the girls home. And but you can't think like that, can you? You you have to. You can't just rely on just naturally having a you know a two goal wind uh, available to you, you know, the other team's just as desperate and this is their last quarter possibly for the year. Like you guys, you girls, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it. I naturally just say that. Um, but uh, it, no, of course. It, yeah. it's, it's yeah, a tricky yeah. psychology just to make sure you attack the game just as hard and not, and not, you know, just rely on, on, on a, I guess an external factor like the wind. For sure, yeah. I think, you know, we talk about it a little bit that you've got to sort of just treat it as a score as a level again and sort of go out there and just, um, give it, give it your all, give it 110. Uh, percent So yeah, I think, to be honest, I think maybe we did sort of, um, you know, think it might have just happened. But um, yeah, you know, I think towards the end there, you know, we were both teams were fighting very hard to to make the most of it and to um, make an impact on the scoreboard. And I think we were just, uh, yeah, we sort of fought it out until the end. And I think that was really important for us to walk away in walking away with that win. It must have been, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously there was a, a pretty significant umpiring uh, call <laughs> towards the end of the That's game. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, watching it live, uh, you know, it's very hard to know what had actually happened if someone encroached in on the space or... Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I think some one of the Casey players uh, ran through the mark, um, which okay. gave away the 50-metre 50 50 penalty uh, to us, yeah. Okay. Put us in front of the goals and uh, Loz Aaron kicked that match-winning goal. So that was good Good for us. So what, 
I mean, you're on the bench, so it's a hard question to ask you, but that that last two minutes, I mean, there was probably about a couple of minutes to go. It was in Casey's, towards Casey's forward line. Uh, from Just from the vision, it, it felt like most of the day the defence really stood up strong. Uh uh, and that was pretty critical. And and second to that, if you can talk to this, I thought your tackling was quite elite. I, I mean, the tackling numbers just from the from the game stats is quite overwhelming in your favour. Um, so you really hunted the contest. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, we put a lot of pressure on them. And I think, you know, it, it was throughout the whole ground. Our defensive pressure was there and we weren't sort of letting them get away with anything easy. And I think that uh, that really showed for sure on the weekend. And I think that was very important in our game as well. So, yeah, you know, forward line, midfield and back line, it was just the pressure was there, which was really great to see because that's obviously something that we've been working on throughout the whole season. Did we have any celebrate- celebration function that night, or was it? Was it you know what's what stays in house? <laughs> no, 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 so, no. We were just sort of um, recovery, rest, recovery, and uh, get ready, start to prepare for the next game. So start to prepare for this week. Well, that's. I mean, it's good to hear. I mean, I guess you. you the reality is, you're playing a, a semi final, and you got to get you probably locked in as as quick as possible. So, can you? Do we have the details yet of the time and date of the? Uh, I think it's quite yeah, a no, major semi final. Oh, who knows? Who knows? I don't even know. But um, no, I don't think they've confirmed details yet. It's, I think it's looking like it'll be this Saturday. Um, but yeah, nothing confirmed yet. So we'll have to wait and hear. Well, we'll, we'll look. We'll, once we get the details, I know through our uh, podcast on, on Twitter and Facebook, we'll make sure we we promote all the all the dates and times and try and get as many people down there because it's, look, it's a really exciting game. I mean, get a win this week and, and, you know, it's all on. <laughs> it's uh, so, it, it, yeah. so it look, it, and like you said, this is, you, you've been trying to get to this stage, even just making the finals for, for years now. So to then get your first finals appearance, go to an away game in Casey, and then come away with a victory. It's enormous credit to to the whole group, and it's it's, and it's for me when I've watched them, you could tell that they're, they're, they're you know you kind of have that fine about ba- great fine balance of enjoying footy, but also um, being really competitive as well. There's like kind of like that really good balance that I I can see in the group. So my, massive congratulations to to the whole team. Uh, and from us at the podcast. So, uh, Alex, you've been a champion uh, and we can't cheer hard enough for you guys. I'll say that again, for you girls next week. Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You've summed it up very nicely. Uh, Well, have a great week. Uh, Get some rest, uh, refresh those legs, and and we'll see how we go uh, next Saturday, uh, likely time frame. Thank you. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Alex. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Great interview there, Scotty, with Alex. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's so sweet and so kind and, uh, and you know, it, it is, look, in all sincerity, you know, we've got Essendon jumpers in finals, in a semi-final, and we should all be excited. Uh, and and it's, it's just exciting. Like, I, I'm, I don't know what the time is, but I sense it could be, this Saturday, possibly at Victoria Park, but we're not sure. But yep. I'm going to go down and hope. Hopefully, people can cheer on the girls because an Essendon's an Essendon side is playing semi-final. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's and this is the thing. Like the, I know not a lot of you potentially have um, a lot of understanding of the VFLW team, but um, Scotty's been down there. I've yet to actually get down to get to a game, but I reckon I'll be down there on Saturday, um, if it's Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is. Um, because it's a Don's jumper, man. 
There's a Don's jumper in finals, and I want to be part of that. Against so Collingwood. You're against, oh, man, in Victoria Park. I don't reckon that we'd get much better than that. Like, the the the, scene, the guys aren't playing at VFL Park, uh, sorry, at Victoria Park ever again. So how nice would it be to see the Don's jumper beat a Collingwood jumper at Victoria Park? Oh, baby. So, yes, Alex and, and the girls down there, we will be there to support you. Yeah, so oh, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on uh uh, with it with late notice, so yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you very much. She's awesome. So big friend of the show. Uh, that look, that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, we've obviously got uh, Adelaide. I believe it's going to be Friday night. Uh, uh, Marvel at Marvel. So if we'll, we'll try and get there, if we can get tickets. So I don't know what the yep. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with ticketing, or yeah. it's all a bit of a lottery for me. We'll it, re- it really is, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like know. it really is just a if you can get it kind of thing. Yeah, uh, so it feels like Melbourne's done pretty well with cases, so you feel like things should open up a bit more, but we'll see. So, uh, but you know, Adelaide for all a uh, high intensity team, high pressure team. Uh, they're on, you know, they're only just behind us on the on the ladder, so we're not the two teams aren't as far apart as as we think. Uh, so you got to play. You got to play well uh, uh, because they're they're a little bit like us. They bring a lot of energy and competitiveness. So yeah. you've got to play well because they're going to come to play. Uh, they may have their shortcomings a little bit like us on, on skill and, uh, and and a few things like that. So hopefully on our track we can get some wins. And look, it's 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 really important. I know we've played the top four sides, but I think it's really important we start to get on our bike again and start. Uh, because in recent years, we've this is the point of the year where we've fallen away really badly, uh, and I want us to fight out this year as much as we can, get get some wins and, and go into next year with um, you know, with a ten eleven win kind of season, uh, and, and have some momentum going in, you know, because it's. There are teams. I mean, Adelaide's played the same amount of kids and same amount of games as us. There's no excuse. Uh, so we go in. You know, if we play well, we should win. Uh, and then we play North Melbourne the following week. You know, if we play well, we should win. Uh, you know, we've got a Collingwood coming up later in the year. We should win. Yep. Uh, Gold Coast uh, is up there, but you know, if we play well, we probably should win. Uh, so there's. It, it, I, I really hope we can attack this. Uh, and not just fold and, and because, yeah, it, it's it's something I think it's important to go. I'm not worried about the draft pick this year. I want us to go into with some clear momentum next year and say, hey, we're not far away. Absolutely, man. Sorry for the cough. Um, yeah, I agree. As much as I've been spouting all over this podcast in the last few that it's a development year. Everybody, take a big deep breath. We're not going to be um, we're not going to be worrying people in September. I don't think now. If the, and wouldn't I love to see it if we were? However, um, it's a development year, sure. But I reckon Truck and the boys themselves will be saying to each other, we have got three games in a row right now that we are, I don't know when Collingwood comes in or wherever it is, or the GCs after what, that That's or at the end of the year. So the, our next three games is Adelaide, North Melbourne and GWS, but at home. Right, so there's two out, two out of three, out of, three of those. Your definite favourites are definite favourites. So as much as it's a development year, I still reckon the boys will come out with a killer instinct to nail all three of those. Our home ground too. So yeah. let's start. We, we've tra- we've <laughs> travelled all over the countryside. Hey. Uh, we've done everywhere. Uh, we've we've done the the tour of Australia. We've <laughs> been everywhere, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're back home. Uh, I think we play four Marvel games in a row or something like that. So let's 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 get some wins. Yeah, mate. Two, those two out of the three, and we owe we owe GWS one. Uh, we we owe them that win, mate. So um, that's where I reckon we're at. I think we're development year, sure, but we've got to get that killer instinct back. Don't let two in a row become three, and then be under pressure for the four, and then GWS for the five. Don't do that. Let's come out and slap um, Adelaide. Let everybody know that we're still here, and then just bury North Melbourne in Arden Street somewhere and then make GWS come down here and be worried about a Don side that's just won two in a row um, and come in and give the GWS guys a slap as well. Yeah, yep. So thank you. You can catch us at Lunch Catch Up on Twitter, Scooter McNeese on Twitter for me. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram. Uh, our Facebook group is is 
is constantly getting uh, new guys and girls, up. yeah, which we love. Uh, so, look, thank you. You can obviously catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud and everything yep. like that, but you all know that. You're listening to the show. So, Patreon, Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. Um, come over and check us out on Patreon. We've got great um, guys and girls, huge family of guys and girls over there. Um, three bucks a month, you get two extra shows, one on a Thursday night for a team selection show, um, and then one directly after a game for, as a reaction show. Come on over there. We're doing live um, shows as well. You get access to um, to a heap of content over there. So come and join us on Patreon. On, yeah, Patreon as well. Exactly. So this is us signing off. Uh, Adelaide this week. Go Bombers. Yes, mate. I'll be, I will be there hopefully. And look, just quickly, uh, I forgot to say, so good to see a smile on Aaron Francis back at the training yes, today. Yes, so, indeed. Uh, great to see. Uh, wish him every bit of support and, and best fortune. Massive thank you again to Alex Morecambe as well. Massive thanks to Alex. This is us signing off. See you guys. <laughs>